0: Thank you, worship team. Good morning. This is a small crowd. As Danny said, there's a lot of guys that look like they're in the headlights, walking in late, bags under their eyes. Some of you that are new with us may not know there's a women's retreat going on this weekend. So there's 19 ladies that are up at Estes Park. If you think of them this morning, be sure and pray for them. I'm Dan Hardy, and I'm one of the pastors here. There's four of us that share time on the pulpit. We rotate basically every three to four weeks. We've been teaching through the book of Corinthians since August. And we took a three-week vacation or hiatus. Danny gave a message on the death of our Savior. And then the resurrection on Easter morning and heaven, which is a great message, brother. Appreciate that. And then uh, Vladimir Navarro, who heads up worship for our network, came in and did a message on worship. So we are just getting back into 1 Corinthians today. We'll be starting on uh, chapter 12. It's been a week that that I hadn't planned for. I was out of town Wednesday night and Thursday night, got back in Friday around 6, and of course my bride left for the women's retreat around 2.30, and so I haven't seen her since Tuesday night, really, so I'm missing her a lot. I don't have any small kids in my house, and my house is chaos. I can imagine what some of you guys is. I mean, I scrambled this morning to clean up the pan that had chili in it from last night, you know. And I know that there's still stuff all over the place, but God, I wanted to bless her before she came, but God knows. Um, (laughs) So I'll just bless her when she gets home. (laughs) You know, I came this morning thinking I didn't have anything to offer. And I stood in the back absolutely knowing I've got nothing to offer. But knowing that today's message is on the gifts of the Spirit, and that every believer is empowered... By the Holy Spirit. He indwells us. We've got his seal in us forever. The great giveaway testimony did my heart good. I don't know if there's, there's a few of you ladies that are still in here. I just praise the Lord for the way he used you. And you know, that's what it's all about. You know, it says in God's word that they'll know we are Christians by our what? By our love. And as uh, Christians, we spend so much time, not in this church I'm talking about, but just global. We spend so much time pointing fingers at people and not serving them and not loving them. It's one of the things I'm most excited about this great giveaway, which is it's just unleashed people to their passion and has really had them on their knees considering how the Lord would have them invest that money. So I'm just really uh, grateful. And for those of you that don't know, I I think most of you do. I see a few new faces in here. About 90 days ago, we gave away $3,000. We gave 30 families or 30 individuals $100. And we told them there was just three rules. Rule number one is that they recognize that it's the Lord's money. Number two, that they use the money outside the walls of the church to further the kingdom. And three is is to get back up here in 90 days or thereabouts and just give testimony of what the Lord has done. So just having a lot of fun listening to some of these stories. I wish Lisa Janicek was still in here. and I'll, I'll tell her afterwards, but I'll tell you now I really appreciated her tender heart and how we do need to listen to other people in our life. First and foremost, we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Secondly, if you're married, you need to listen to your spouse, men. And third, you need to listen to your kids from time to time. But she said she'll listen to Thomas more. But when he is driving age and he asks to, to buy the Corvette, you're not going to want to listen to, to Thomas. And I don't know why, there's just a few things that struck me funny when I, when I was in the back. Uh, Danny said that the giving box is in the back. And I'm leaning against that baptismal back there with the big cardboard top on it. And I'm just envisioning that thing being our giving box. I'm hoping that's not our giving box back there. The, the giving box is right back there. Just, just so you know. The title of the message is Unity, Diversity, and Maturity in the Body of Christ. And this is part one of either three or four. I'm not sure, but I know it's part one today. And it's called The Source and Purpose of Spiritual Gifts. Now, this is a loaded gun, and a smoking gun in many cases. Probably no one issue that's divided the church more than spiritual gifts. There are brilliant people on both sides of this. And we're going to talk about some things that are controversial and are, in my mind, quite frankly, negotiable. We're going to talk about some things that are just flat out not negotiable. God's Word is very clear on it we're going to answer a few questions here the first one is what are spiritual gifts secondly are they different than talents what are the purpose of spiritual gifts how many gifts are there what if I don't have any how do I know what mine are are there gifts that once were but have now ceased beep beep controversy controversy and how do I get his gift I like it better These are some of the questions that are going to be answered in Scripture today. Let's pray. Father, I praise your holy name. I thank you that you have given us everything we need for life and godliness. I thank you that you have infused your children, true believers, with the Holy Spirit. That we've been baptized into the Holy Spirit. And that the Holy Spirit illuminates your word. It gives us understanding. The Holy Spirit to give us comfort and peace. And Lord, I pray like I've never prayed before that you would move me out of the way. Lord, you know my heart. I just don't want to get in the way of anything you want to teach me and each of us in this room. So would you help us set aside our preconceived notions. Help us set aside past paradigms. And, Lord, that we would really hear from your Holy Spirit. They wouldn't hear from me, but they would hear from your Holy Spirit. And I pray, Father, that you would give each of us the conviction, the priority of examining the Word like the Noble Bereans, that we wouldn't take any man's Word for it, whether it be on the radio, the TV, Windsor Community Church, wherever, but that we would sift everything we hear through your Word. I love you. I thank you that I have your Holy Spirit. And that you've empowered me to be up here this morning. It's in Christ's special name we pray. Amen. Okay. Let's start by reading. We're going to be starting in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 11. The title of the message is, Source and Purpose of Spiritual Gifts. And it starts like this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries, and the same Lord. And there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons." But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. And to another, the effecting of miracles. And to another, prophecy. And to another, the distinguishing of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Okay, let's dig in. Let's start right on verse 1. Verse 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. I really love Paul, the way he preaches. I wish I could have heard him preach because he's got a... He has a way of really kind of digging at people, hitting them where it hurts. But he also oftentimes affirms them. And he sees some things going on in the church of Corinth that he is not very happy about, or that he thinks is borderline heresy. Yet he affirms them by calling them brothers or brethren. In verse 1, it's important to understand spiritual gifts. That's what Paul is saying. He says, concerning spiritual gifts... I don't want you to be unaware. In other words, he's saying, I want you to be aware of what spiritual gifts are and how they affect you. Verse 2, there are genuine spiritual gifts and there's counterfeit. It reads like this. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the dumb idols, however you were led. Pagans means two things. Gentiles also means people who are lost. In the context here, it's before salvation. It's people that were lost. Led astray or carried away, as it says in some of the other versions, means no control or prisoner of. You had no choice. You could not help it. In Romans six, one it refers to that we were slaves of sin before we were believers. So what Paul is saying here, he says, You know that when you were pagans you were led astray, you had no control. You were being led by sin. To the dumb idols. And this isn't dumb, stupid. This is dumb, can't talk. Meaning that you were led astray to idols that could not even respond to you. They couldn't forgive you of your sins. They couldn't illuminate truth. There was no response from the idols. You were led to the idols. No idol, primitive or sophisticated, can answer any questions. Verse 3, it says, Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. He's basically stating, as I mentioned before, that there are false gifts being exercised in the church at Corinth. And you know there are many false gifts being exercised in the church in the world today. This is going to be controversy. You know, and i got to keep reminding myself that I fear the Lord more than I fear man. And there are many false gifts being exercised around the world today. Our God is a God of order. He gives a very clear Outline of when and how spiritual gifts are to be used And that's going to be talked about primarily in chapter 14 Okay, where the controversy comes in is is what gifts have ceased And what gifts are still alive and well But there is no controversy as to how gifts should be used Okay, we're not going to spend a lot of time on that today But we are going to spend a little bit of time as we go further into it The first test of a spiritual gift is doctrinal If something somebody says or does contradicts Scripture, guess what? It's counterfeit. That's the acid test. If anything contradicts Scripture, it's counterfeit. If someone accurses Jesus, meaning to condemn His nature, His character, and His work, they are not true believers. Or they are very confused. On the other side of the coin, he is stating that if someone proclaims and truly believes Jesus is Lord... Not just proclaims, but truly believes that Jesus is Lord. Meaning, they recognize Him as a sovereign God. It can only be a result of the Holy Spirit's working. None of us can conjure up enough faith to say that Christ is Lord. Jesus is the author and completer of salvation. Every believer is indwelt by the Holy Spirit and has access to the Holy Spirit's power. And we're going to get into this in verses 12 and 13. But I'll just give you a preview. There is no second baptism of the Spirit. We are baptized once and for all. It talks about it in Romans uh, 6. It talks about it in other places in God's Word as well. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive all power. There is no new blessing. There is no second blessing. Let's take a look at verses 4 and 6. And then we're going to tie some of this together as as we get further into it. Verse 4 says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. We are all uniquely gifted by and united with the same Spirit. These first 11 verses, the purpose is talking about unity, that we're all one body. We're saved by one God. We have the same Spirit. Gifts here is from the same root as grace or charis. Basically, it stresses the freeness and the bounty of the gift. There are many different gifts that the Lord has apportioned to His followers. We will cover some of them in verse 8. Others are found in First Corinthians twelve twenty-eight. Romans 12, 1 Peter 4, Ephesians 4. The gifts come from God and are empowered by the Holy Spirit after salvation. They are the gifts of the Spirit, and we receive the Holy Spirit at the time of salvation. Verse 5, there are varieties of ministries in the same Lord. Two people can have the gift of teaching, for example. Danny can have the gift of teaching, Dean can have the gift of teaching, Chris can have the gift of teaching, and the Lord might use that gift in different ministries. There might be one person that is going to use that gift to teach seminarians, somebody else to teach that gift to children. Okay, so there is the same Lord, but there is a variety of ministries. Does that make sense? Okay. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. That's verse 6. We should not all expect to have the same gifts, nor should we expect them to operate in the same ways or produce the same quantity of fruit. There's different effectiveness at different times for our gifts. There are times, if you're gifted in teaching, where people are just going to give their life to the Lord, and there's other times where it's not going to be as effective. God's people and God's gift are like snowflakes. No two are exactly alike. And this is one of the things that the Lord has really shown me this week. I've had some paradigms. We've all got paradigms with gifts. And One of my paradigms is that, first of all, there's only a certain number of gifts. It's the gifts that are mentioned in the Bible. Secondly is that our gifts can't change. Thirdly is that the Lord can't use my talents and turn those into gifts somehow. And we're going to talk about all those because the Lord has really stretched my paradigms this week. You know, what's essential to unity is diversity. Think about that. Think about it even in a marriage. Can you imagine if your giftedness with your bride was exactly the same? You're one in the flesh, aren't you? But you're very diverse in nature. Thank the Lord, because I think we'd kill each other. Unity of the Spirit and purpose can be maintained only through diversity of ministry. But unity is not uniformity. Unity is not uniformity. Take the example of a football team. Okay? If everybody in that team wanted to play quarterback, they'd be uniform, wouldn't they? I mean, they'd they'd all be doing the same thing. Would there be unity in that team? They'd all be wanting to do the same thing. How about in a church? How about if we all wanted to work in the nursery? (laughs) I'd leave the church. (laughs) It, It would be chaos. So uniformity is not Unity. God gives people a variety of gifts just as players on a team have a variety of positions. The emphasis in the last three verses on varieties seems to imply that the Corinthians thought that the more dramatic gifts were more desirable. And it even says it, that they wanted the the powerful gifts of miracles and healings and tongues. You know, who wants the gift of administration or mercy? you got to cry all the time. So he talked about varieties, and that the varieties of gifts are good. We're not going to talk a lot about the individual gifts, because the point here is unity. The point so much isn't to identify what the gifts are, but that we are all uniquely gifted. Paul tells them that the Holy Spirit gives gifts to all Christians, and that he gives a variety of gifts, and that every gift is as spiritual and important as any other. We should not envy each other. Uh, and you know what, I've I got to tell you, I've struggled with that over the years. I'm going to be 50 this year. Whoa, can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, I need a chair. <laughs> and you know, it's more than ever, I've just begged the Lord to use me in the unique way that He has wired me for His glory. You know, the clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. He's made each of you uniquely you know, I've struggled with wanting certain gifts, thinking that I needed to be somebody that I'm not. And, you know, just uh, quite frankly, these guys freeing me up a little bit the last couple months has really been a ball, because I've been able to do some things that I really enjoy doing. And quite frankly, that's one of the tests of what your spiritual gift is, and we'll talk about that later. You know, I pretty much tell you that if you're doing something in serving the body, and you detest it, (sighs) I got to do it again it's probably not a gift it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it but it's probably not a gift you know God makes no mistakes his gift to us are the best possible ones he could give us for doing what he wants us to do not only is every believer gifted but every believer is perfectly gifted let's look at verse 7 but to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good All believers have spiritual gifts and they are to be used for the common good. What's manifestation mean? Manifestation means to make known or make clear, make evident. And our gifts is the way that the Holy Spirit makes himself known, makes himself evident to believers around us and to this world around us. That's why they're called spiritual gifts. Some of you may say, I don't have a spiritual gift. The day he was handing them out, I must have been absent. I can tell you, every one of you have a gift. And I kind of kid when I say that, but I know some of you inside are going, you know, I'm not sure what my gift is. Some of you may have heard from an early age that you're not valuable. But each of you are extremely valuable. The text said, we're each given the manifestation of the Spirit. The purpose of the gifts, it's for the common good. That's why he's given us gifts. Common good means mutually beneficial or advantageous. Many in the Corinthian church competed with each other. There was jealousy over each other's gifts. Spiritual gifts are to be edifying and helpful to the church. To promote unity, not dissension and disharmony. A gift exercised in private is a perverted gift. If you got a gift and you're using it in private, how can it ever be used for the common good? Right? Does that make sense? Gifts are to be used for the common good. And each of you are gifted. And if you're not using that gift, it's a perverted gift. He gives us gifts not for us, but for others. We are personally blessed when we use our gifts. And the Spirit's power to serve others in His name. We shouldn't do it for the blessing, but blessing is a result of using our gifts. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As each one has received a special gift Employ it use it put it to work. How serving one another as Good stewards of the manifold grace of God You know one of your kids ever or have you ever played a sport where you've you got out to the field and you found out You had jewelry on and somebody hands you the ring And he says here hold this I'm going out to the field. Well, you're a steward of that ring They've given you that ring until they get back off the field. We are stewards of the manifold grace of God. He has given us gifts. And we are stewards of that gift. And a steward is a caretaker. And we can't take good care of that gift unless we use it for the common good. Ephesians 4.10-12 through 12 says, And He gives some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints for the work of service. To the building up of the body of Christ. It's to be used for the common good. Let's take a look at verse 8. I'm going to read verses 8, 9, and 10 together. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. And to the other the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by one Spirit. And to another the effecting of miracles. And to another prophecy. And to another the distinguishing of spirits. And to another various kinds of tongues. And to another the interpretation of tongues. This is a partial list of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The number, type, and description of spiritual gifts is unknown. The Lord gives us a number of them, but I believe there's a bunch that are just not even mentioned. I counted over 20 gifts that are actually mentioned. Right here in these verses, 1 Corinthians 12, 28, Ephesians 4, 11, and 1 Peter 4, 11. Paul points out here, His point here is not to hand out a spiritual gift survey to the church at Corinth. Even though there's a place for that, and we did that a couple of years ago, and it's not a bad exercise. But you know what? We can hand out all the surveys we want, and those little tests, those little numbering systems, aren't going to tell you how you're uniquely wired. They're not going to do it. God is the one who decides what role we play in the body, or how we will be gifted. Let's go through this partial list of gifts that Paul talks about in these verses 8 through 10. Number one, words of wisdom. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this. What are words of wisdom? This differs from knowledge because its emphasis is on the skill of application. Knowledge and wisdom are different. There's the gift of knowledge and there's also the gift of wisdom. Wisdom comes in the application of the knowledge that's acquired. Word of knowledge is the ability to observe biblical facts and make conclusions. Some have it, some don't. Faith, the supernatural capacity for believing God. This person may trust God when others say something is impossible or cannot be done. My wife, Nancy, is gifted in faith. I'm not. I'm not gifted in faith. We need people to in the body that are gifted in faith. We need people that are gifted in words of wisdom and words of knowledge. Prophecy. We normally think of the Old Testament, someone who has the ability to foretell the future. That's not necessarily what prophecy is today. It doesn't mean that you speak divine inspiration. The divine inspiration is complete. There's no more inspiration that is needed or required that we'll have. It's all right here. What prophecy is, however... It's when you speak the truth with authority to God's people to address specific needs. I've heard John MacArthur refer to himself before as a prophet. And he doesn't mean that from a heretical standpoint. He means that he has the ability to speak truth with authority to God's people and to address specific needs. When you have words that connect with where people are at. That's prophecy. Distinguishing of spirit's or discernment. Here in the text it's called distinguishing of spirits. It's another term for discernment. It's the ability to see through or evaluate something. It can easily distinguish between what is produced by God and what has its origin in Satan. I know some of you are gifted in discernment. It happens to be one of my gifts. And one of the things that you that are gifted in discernment have to be careful of is thinking that you are clairvoyant. And that you know what other people are thinking, because you become very judgmental, and that's me. You know, where oftentimes I can sniff something out, but other times when I'm in the flesh, I think I know what people are thinking. So be careful. Every one of these gifts can be used to really drag the Lord's name in the mud if you're not operating in the spirit. They're spiritual gifts, and if they're operated in the flesh, they are deadly. Sign gifts. There are one, two, three, four different sign gifts. You may have heard of them, heard of these gifts termed as sign gifts. And what it means is they were used in the early church to authenticate or validate the gospel. Christ had just died. He had performed a lot of miracles and there wasn't a written New Testament yet. It was being developed in the, in the early church. And so the Lord gave some of these men the ability to heal. To perform miracles, to speak in tongues, to interpret tongues. Those are the sign gifts. These gifts were prevalent in the early days. They are no longer necessary to validate God's message. They're no longer necessary to validate God's message. We don't need somebody coming in here and healing somebody... Or performing a miracle to prove that this is God's word. We already know that it is. Amen? Yet, here's where the controversy is. And there's really two camps. In 1 Corinthians, in verse 8, it talks about gifts ceasing. It talks about the sign gifts ceasing when the perfect comes. The controversy, it lies in what is the Perfect. Some will say that the perfect is the completion of God's Word, and they say that these signed gifts have totally ceased. Others will say that the perfect is when the Lord comes again, and that's when the signed gifts will cease. One thing that I feel pretty confident on is that the signed gifts are not normal. We don't need them to authenticate God's Word. Okay? Some of the research that I did this week, and I'll tell you what, I... I, and I, and I know it's evident. and I just, I just hope that the Holy Spirit will somehow work through this. But I've never had a more difficult message to put together. Because I was so challenged. I was so challenged in my own paradigms. And what I've been taught. And what I've read. And you know, when you're studying God's word, we've got to put our paradigms aside. We've got to really ask the Lord, what do you, is, there, is there something new here? Is there something that I, I've learned in the past or I saw in the past that is not correct? I believe that, I'm going to repeat it again, I believe that they are not normal, that we don't need them to validate or authenticate the gospel, the sign gifts, the miracles, the healings, the tongues, the interpretation of tongues. But some of the research I did this week, now that I'm back on track, thank you Lord, is I I did research into missions and what's going on in third world countries. And some of you know that my son-in-law just... I don't give me opportunities to brag I graduated from Moody uh, with a degree in linguistics he graduated number one in his class and what it means is he's got all the answers It doesn't mean that at all what it means is, is that um, I want to always be a student of God's word first but I want to rely on the experiences of men second as long as they don't what? counterdict God's word some will say never depend on the experiences of men Absolutely depend on the experiences of men. How do we learn from each other's marriages? Just make sure it doesn't contradict God's word. And I said, I said, Jared, I said, what, do, what have you learned? What's going on out there in the third world countries? I mean, tell me, are, are, there, are there miracles? I mean, are there heal- supernatural healings? Are there tongues? And he says, you know, I haven't experienced it. But he says, I know people that I trust and love that have. And every time, it's been for the purpose of making Christ known. Okay? Not to exalt or not to put on display the gifts himself, but to make Christ known. So, I believe they're not normal. I believe that there's no reason for them here in Windsor, Colorado. Maybe there is a reason that I don't know about and the Lord will do it. But let's not put God in a box. Let's be noble Bereans. Let's examine the scriptures. We know how gifts are to be used. And Dino, I believe, is in chapter 14. And he is the lucky recipient of explaining to you how those gifts are going to be used. And it's real cut and dry. Did that make sense? You don't have to agree with me. But what I said did it make sense. Okay. I really want you to to dig in. Uh, This is a controversial thing in the church. And uh, I want to say this. And I want to say it loud and I want to say it firm. This is no reason to divide. Certainly not this church and not the church at large. I know some dear brothers and sisters that take the gifts of the Spirit to a place I don't think they should take them. But they love Jesus. One of my dear friends, I was I saved at a young life camp in 1973 in Malibu, Canada. His name is Kirk Yamaguchi, and he's a vineyard pastor in Canyon City. Japanese vineyard pastor in Canyon City. Picture that. He's about five foot nothing. He's got a laugh that just makes you, makes you laugh. And he went to Japan about eight years ago. And he wrote of his account of actually having demon-possessed people and seeing the demons leave the people. You know, I'm really kind of grieved by my response. I really called him the carpet. I said, you yeah, know, that's, that's just wrong. It can't happen. And you know what? I believe it can happen. I believe it can happen. I don't know why. I don't know what for. But I believe the Lord can do as He pleases. Now let me explain to you what the uh, sign gifts are. Healing speaks for itself. Miracles, it's doing something that defies nature. Water and the wine, raising the dead. Tongues, it's the ability to speak in a foreign tongue. One thing I know for sure on tongues, it's never gibberish. It's never gibberish. Tongues, just give a glimpse in the Dean's message, tongues is for the unbeliever. It's for you to share the gospel in a language that the unbeliever understands. It's not an unknown language. The fourth sign gift is the interpretation of tongues, the supernatural ability to interpret a foreign tongue. 1 Corinthians thirteen nine 9-12 says the following, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. When I was a child, I used to speak as a child, think as a child, reason as a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror, dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, just as I have been fully known. If you're going to study gifts, if they've ceased or if they're alive today... This is the scripture you're going to study. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the question is, what is the perfect? I believe the perfect is the coming, the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When the perfect comes, the partial. What's the partial he just told us ahead of time? It's the gifts. When I was a child, I used to speak as a child. Think as a child, reason as a child. When I became a man, this is talking about maturity. When we become the fullness of man, when we're in heaven face to face with God. Verse 12, it says, now we see in a mirror dimly. Back then they didn't have the big old floor to ceiling, wall to wall mirrors. They had something that it was was really hard to see yourself in. And they're talking about that they see in the mirror dimly. But then face-to-face, talking about being face-to-face with the king, I shall know fully, just as I've also been fully known. Last verse. I really challenge you to examine those verses. But one in the same spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually, just as he wills. All spiritual gifts are from the Lord. God, don't make no mistakes. He's the one who distributes his gifts to us. For those of you that are struggling, and wondering if you have a gift... Or how you fit in? You don't understand your uniqueness? I want you to meditate this next week on Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. And it says this, For thou did form my inward parts. Thou did weave me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are thy works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from thee, When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth, thine eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in thy book they were all written. The days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. Every one of us is fearfully and wonderfully made. And God says that every believer gets a spiritual gift or gets spiritual gifts. And if he's made you fearfully and wonderfully, you've also got fearful and wonderful gifts. In James 1:16 through 17, James says, Every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, from whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Every good and perfect gift. We're going to answer a couple more questions. What about talents? Are they from the Lord? And how do they differ from spiritual gifts? Talents or abilities are something every human being has, whether they're saved or not. We all know that. Look at the NFL. Look at the NBA. Look at musicians. I mean, there's some talented people. Many of them don't know the Lord. As we've already discussed, spiritual gifts are a unique empowering or wiring that comes after salvation. However, I think God can use unique training throughout a person's lifetime as a spiritual gift. Take music, for example. It doesn't talk about music, it doesn't talk about singing, it doesn't talk about leading worship as being a spiritual gift. It's a talent. But I believe that the Lord can empower that talent so it becomes a spiritual gift. That the manifestation of the Spirit can be the outpouring of the using of that gift of leading worship or music as an example. Nowhere does it say that those verses give us an exhaustive list of gifts. We do know that if it's a gift, it's going to be used for the common good. Write this verse down. Exodus 35 verses 30-32. through And this is when Moses had the second edition of the Ten Commandments. Second copy of the first one was destroyed. And the tabernacle was being built. And Moses said to the sons of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all craftsmanship. This man was a master craftsman. He could make the curtains. He could line them with the gold and the silver, pound it and surround it and do all that stuff that he did. He taught others his craft for the glory of the Lord. Let me read the last part. And he filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all craftsmanship that gives me goosebumps because I've always operated that that I've got to fit into this box administration or or mercy or, or teaching or leadership yeah he's given me some of all of those but there's some other unique ways he's wired me that don't fit into any of those words and it's the same thing with every one of you and that's why the spiritual gift surveys aren't going to work all the time do you see the connection between being filled with the Holy Spirit and his craftsmanship in this verse do you see it? Could you almost say that craftsmanship is a spiritual gift? Be careful. Don't go home and spend two weeks in chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians 4, trying to figure out what your spiritual gift is. Drive yourself nuts. Your gift may not be in there, as I already mentioned. Let me finish on this. How do you know what your spiritual gifts are? give you two things to consider. The best way to figure it out is to jump in it's to jump in and serve God's going to confirm it jump in and serve I've got a whole list of things that I know I'm not spiritually gifted at and nursery is right at the top it's not an academic exercise another way to find out what your gift is is do you enjoy what you're doing do you enjoy it now please hear me because I know somebody's going to come up to me afterward and said just because you don't enjoy it doesn't mean that you don't have to serve there We should all serve in areas we don't enjoy from time to time. But it doesn't mean it's our spiritual gift. An acid test is, is are you fired up about it? Do you enjoy it? How about this? Were you affirmed by it? You know one of the main reasons that I know that Chris Richards is gifted in teaching? is because people are affirming him. That's one of the ways that the Lord uses to show us our spiritual gifts. Look for feedback. And don't listen to everybody. Let me tell you why. Anybody know what Dwight Moody is? He's one of the greatest evangelists of all time. You know what somebody said to him after the very first time he spoke publicly? He said, Mr. Moody, you should realize your limitations and never attempt to speak in public again. (laughs) Praise the Lord that he didn't heed that advice. Okay? There are spiritual gifts that, I mean, it's not not necessarily that after you come to salvation, it's ding, somebody is an eloquent speaker as a teacher, or they are, I I don't even know what the other examples are, but there's a process of growing. We're being sanctified between the time of salvation and the time that we meet our Savior. And then the last, I think I kind of hit on it, is about what makes you come alive? Life's too short to spend all your time serving in areas that you just don't like. I mean it. And this is dangerous. I'm probably going to get smacked by both Dean and Danny because there's a lot of places in this body that we need servants. There's a lot of places. But life's too short. What makes you come alive is probably a spiritual gift. Remember, he distributes the gifts as he wills, not as we will. There is so much freedom in accepting, truly accepting how God has made you. And quit trying to be people that we're not. I know I'm a slow learner. I spent years trying to be someone I wasn't. Are you using your gifts? It's a question that I ask each of you. Are you using your gifts? Are you using them for the common good? God has given them to you for the common good, to be used, not hidden. Do you say you don't have time? I mean, there's many people that, I mean, it's, it's the excuse that I use most often, that I don't have time. None of us have time. We're busy. I mean, We've got, we got stuff going on. I'm going to be 50 this year, I'll say it again. And some of you are going to be whatever age you. <laughs> Thanks for that whistle. But the clock is ticking. He's given us gifts to manifest himself. We are ambassadors, and one of the main witnesses we have is manifesting the gifts of the Holy Spirit to this lost and dying world. They will know we are Christians by our what? By our love. And the best we can love people is through our strengths. And our strengths are our gifts. So I just implore each of you to just ask the Lord if you don't know what your gifts are. Ask Him to show them to you and use them faithfully. Be diligent. And there's so much joy in it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you that you give us the power just to even get out of bed in the morning. You Give us the power to open our mouths. You give us the power to be joyful. You give us the power to use our gifts when we're tired, when we're not feeling worthy. And I pray that you would just minister to each of our hearts this week. Lord, that you would just give us a renewed passion to want to be used by you. And that we not operate by guilt, Lord, that we would desire to use the gifts that you've entrusted to us to bring you glory. Thank you so much that you love us and that you promise to never leave us nor forsake us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.